Night Show, Night Show. Baton Rouge. She walks like a woman, but she acts like a little girl. Ready? Oh, good stuff. Good summer tunes. She walks like a woman, but she acts like a little girl. Well, it is hot enough to make anybody act like a little girl. Oh, it's... I'll tell you, man. I like the... I like the heat. I like the summer. I like the early summer. These weeks suck, though. You can't do anything. You walk outside, the life is sucked right out of you. I feel bad for those. I have some friends that do this, that they work with the town, highway departments, things like that, and they're putting down asphalt today. Whew. Yeah, no, no, no. Takes the life right out of you. You walk outside and you just want to fall asleep. If you fall asleep, you die. So you, you, can't, you can't do that. You got to stay alive. But welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is a Wednesday. It's Wednesday in July. It's the 20th day of July, 2022. And here is what is on the menu for the Wednesday evening edition. Uh, It's just you and I. It's a hump day, and we have a nice mix of things to pass time together with. Uh, We're going to expand quickly on the sold called Samizdat. Samizdat. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's a Russian word. We're going to get into it. The Samizdat approach to protesting the fake meat world order. Fake meat world order and anything that goes in that category. Not necessarily uh, foods, but uh, the propaganda, the things that are being pushed onto us so that we accept a fake garbage world and leave behind a truly human existence. And then we are going to do a little bit of astro chart. We got an astro chart that was sent to us for August. Uh, a crazy NBC reporter it has been twisting the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial in a way that it harkens back to the Gamergate conspiracy. Now, I didn't pay attention to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, but I saw 30 seconds of it to see that she was a crazy bitch. I don't care too much about him either, but I can tell right off the bat, she was the devil. No doubt about it. So, of course, all of the crazy wenches inside of the media, they are going to try to find a way to make this about some girl power, girls got to stick together bullshit, and they brought up Gamergate, which makes me want to go back and do a big timeline of events review with you on the big picture significance of what Gamergate was and still is. Okay, so it's going to be a really, really good review because it's coming from a blog that was published by us on QuiteFrankly.tv, written by Quite Frankly writer John Carroll. So it is one of the, the best ones he's ever done, and he does terrific work. So this is going to be a great time to get back into that and to, uh, to show you that it wasn't just about video games. It started there. It started about, a, started about video games, kind of, and journalistic integrity, there being none, of course. And a, a cheating, a cheating girl. And but where did it lead? You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe it. If you've never heard the story before, you won't believe it. And um, and you need to have that piece handy if you're going to try to put together the overall picture of what contemporary history actually is. Plenty of extras that we're going to be doing tonight. 
um, including a story that came out of the United States Senate that we have to talk about. That'll probably be very soon. So welcome to the show, ladies and gents. If you are new to, quite frankly, just so you know, we are live Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. We are, I upload the night's programming to the podcast very soon after I get home, before midnight on the East Coast, usually around 11 o'clock, 11.30. And you can listen to it on demand and all that, share it around, get here. You can also, if you can't listen live, you can still contribute to the show live. You know how you do that? Quite frankly, superchat.com. That is the URL I sent up, I, um, set up to make the super chatting experience streamlined and easy to remember. And you can leave super chats there for the next day and I will see it. It's not like with YouTube. It's actually better in that way where you can only send a super chat when a person is live. You can send it to me in off times and I will read it the next day. In fact, I have one or two to do tonight. So that's what we have. I'll be getting to those throughout the night and I hope that you're all feeling nice and relaxed. So tomorrow Rob will be in. Friday, I don't know what we're doing. I'm just continuing to be very light on my feet accessible just been going to the hospital to hang out with skip a lot and i'll give you an update on him sometime soon maybe tomorrow we'll talk about it because some some really incredible things have been happening in the last 48 hours i can't i can't explain to you this week um mostly because i don't i don't don't believe it's my my place to talk about it just now but it was it was pretty pretty severe and um and maybe i'll I'll find some good things to say by tomorrow night, and uh, and we'll go from there. But sh- for now, just keep the prayers coming in because it's something else. In general, does everybody just pray for each other? Lean on it a lot these days. Okay, here we go into the grab bag. Number one, that is a blank screen. Never mind that. Incredible moment, superhero pizza delivery man, 25 years old, saves five children from their burning home and even jumped from a second-story window cradling a girl, the last one. But now he fears a huge medical bill. I don't know if you saw this. He went and, um, let's watch this. Here's a full video of him. Somebody pulled in to let him know their house is on fire. I saw him around back. That's the last time I see him. Okay. Hey, guys. Now you can see him. He's going to be running right out of here. With the last, last girl. Here he is, ready? Guys, come here, come here. Right over here. There he is. He's got his pizza delivery shirt on. Come with me, man. Come with me. Come with me. We gotta get away from the house. Hey, we gotta get away from the house, okay? Now, he was brought to the hospital, and he I think he was burned pretty badly. Um, I wouldn't worry about him, though. Many of you have probably, many of you have probably already um, contributed to his GoFundMe or Give, Send, Go or whatever. They were trying to raise $100,000, and he had over a quarter million dollars that I saw by yesterday. But just incredible. I love seeing good news. I love seeing courageousness. I love, it, it's just great. I love, from, especially from unassuming people. The pizza delivery boy runs in, saves five lives, saves all those children. Tremendous. 
So that made me feel great, and I'm sure many of you have already seen this before, but that's, there you have it. There you have it. Um, here's an interesting headline. I spoke about this this morning with Tracy on, on our morning recording of Dark to Light, which is out right now on RadioInfluence.com. It was a good show today. Here's the headline, though, from the Daily Beast I had to bring up, mainly because of how the headline was written. Here it is. How an unqualified sex worker allegedly infiltrated a top Air Force laboratory. Now, this is the Daily Beast, so I don't expect anybody to be good writers over there and grammatically sound. But when you read this, it sounds like he's saying that the woman was very bad at sex. He's saying she was an unqualified sex worker. Okay? That makes me... Okay, that's what I get from that. That she was so bad at sex that she wasn't even qualified to be a whore. And that person infiltrated a top Air Force lab. Because, I I mean... I, I wouldn't imagine that a... Well, then again, who knows? There's probably plenty of sex workers inside of our government and these laboratories. Many with clearances. So you never know. It could have been an unqualified... It could have been just one of the Air Force's uh, sex workers. I don't know, you know? The more I think about this, the more I'm looking at this wrong, perhaps. A senior research scientist working on advanced propulsion technologies for the U.S. Air Force duped a contractor into hiring an unqualified sex worker. So that's a sex worker who just cannot get anybody off. He had paid using a government charge card... (laughs) Because he thought she was really hot, according to the feds. The man then allegedly threatened to kill the sex worker's supervisor and himself when the scheme fell apart, but not before shifting the bulk of the project's funding elsewhere to pay for her salary at a different defense firm. This is just... This is like straight out of Burn After Reading. Have you ever seen that movie, Burn After Reading? Wonderful film. Just just shows the, the, the twisted personal lives of everybody, but also the complete incompetence and the craziness that is, that is the, uh, the insides of government and all of its associated bureaus and departments. That's according to a newly unsealed search warrant application. This is a search warrant application that is uh, obtained by the Daily Beast, which accuses Dr. James Gord a highly decorated civilian Air Force employee of installing a 32-year-old sex worker on a highly technical research project even though she did not have a college degree or any expertise in the field. That must have been fun. The woman did not fully understand how to use basic word processing software. I blame the education system. And struggled to formulate coherent inter-office emails. I, w- I would, I go, please let these emails leak. Please let these emails leak. I want to read the email from the prostitute. I want to read all the prostitute's emails. And I just, I just, just, just knowing that this was circulated around a, a, a top laboratory at the Air Force, I would love to read the prostitute's emails. Um, in 2009, please let those leak. In 2019, Gord tapped the woman, I'm sure he did, to co-chair 
a scientific panel for unsuspecting photonics researchers designing turbine engines, detonation engineering engines, scramjets, and rockets. He put her, he put her to co-chair a panel. I don't even know how to pronounce a lot of that stuff. Photonics researchers designing turbine engines, detonation engines, scramjets, and rockets. He put a prostitute who can barely send emails into the position of co-chair. This is an incredible story. No charges had yet been filed against Gord prior to his death last September of unsuspected cause, uh, unspecified cause. Oh, he died. The woman whose identity the Daily Beast is withholding has not yet been charged with a crime either. According to a court record, she did not respond to voicemails left at a number. You know what? Is it really her fault? What if he said, listen, you don't need... I, then again, she has to know that something's up. She has to know something's up. What the hell is she... What is she doing on a panel, co-chairing a panel, where she's working with scientists and researchers for, for scramjets and rockets? I wonder what everybody on the panel thought. Like, what the hell's going on here? She didn't respond to voicemails left at a number of list, uh, number listed under her name or to an email seeking command com- comment on Monday. The warrant says Gord first came to attention of the Air Force investigators in March of 2019 after the CEO and chief research uh, scientist of a company that provided Air Force Research Lab in Ohio. Oh, that, oh, that's the other thing. It's Wright-Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wright-Patterson. That's where they're keeping all the alien bodies from, from uh, Roswell. Remember, the, the, the vehicles went to Area 51, S4, S2, and the bodies supposedly went to Wright-Patterson. This whore was in charge of the whole base. <laughs> Is this the guy? Is that that's James Gord? What a madman. I, you know what? I actually really, I, I'm... I don't know what I feel about this guy. I think I like him. I think I like him. Because I I respect the government that little. I would do something like this. I would put like Aurora as co-chair of that board. And I would give her a gavel. I don't know how I feel about this. He actually has like a fun smile. Kind of like crazy. He kind of has crazy eyes. I wouldn't want him to be standing inside of like a, a walk-in closet. If I came home and he was standing there with that, that smile in a walk-in closet of mine, I'd, I'd, my heart would stop. And then I'd maul him. But that is, uh, <laughs> James Gord. What a, I don't even know what to think here. So he encouraged Roy to hire her, speaking highly of her technical expertise. Then finished by stating, she's also really hot. And I guess that did enough. However, Roy became quickly frustrated with her lack of capability in the position. Over her first few months on the job, Roy stated she was not timely with her expenses, um, did not fully understand how to use basic word processing, and struggled to formulate coherent inter-office emails. She also failed to provide her college transcripts as requested. She also didn't know what a scramjet was. Did anybody ask her, Hey, what do you think about this scramjet problem we have, miss? So, um, wow. Just letting you know, letting you know, 
The freak show continues. Speaking of freak show, uh, this has gotten around quite a bit. You probably heard the Joe Biden, the inaugurated Joe Biden. He said that he has cancer thanks to the oil industry, but the White House quickly came out and said, no, 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 no. He had skin cancer years ago. He's fine now. Listen to this. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. He said have. But of course he said no, 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 no. He meant had. But let's be honest. If he did have cancer, that would almost be the least of his worries. The least of his troubles. So now everybody on Twitter is just, you know, all the, all the gatekeepers, both human and spam bot alike, are all, uh, are all going out there and trying to fence away, fence off everybody. Get out of here. Leave our Joe alone. So that's what we have for you. 714, plenty more to do. This is the time to take the link to this show and share it so far and wide that we triple the amount of people watching by the time 8 o'clock rolls around. And trust me, this would be a great show to do that. It's going to be some fun. We're going to relax and learn something or get some good review if you already know it. But don't go anywhere. BRB. I did what you asked. Huh? Uh. Come on! one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? comes marching home and then we'll drink stone wine and have a good time well ladies and gentlemen I want to just bring this up first and foremost because yes this is a a very very old-timey patriotic song the song of the American Civil War huh 
when Johnny comes marching home. Now, I want to put something out there. This is very important stuff. Very important. It's from Zero Hedge. Today, Rand Paul, the Senate just rejected my attempt to reaffirm the Constitution. Senator Rand Paul warned on Tuesday that the Senate shockingly rejected his efforts to reaffirm affirm the Constitution as far as declarations of war go, noting that NATO does not have the authority to supersede Congress in the United States. Paul's comments come after the Senate Foreign Relations Committee backed the accession of Finland and Sweden to NATO ahead of a full vote in, in the Senate on its expansion, the first of its kind for three decades, which could happen next week. There is um, foreign, uh, the Senate foreign, Intel, uh, foreign Relations Committee. I think that's a, that's a, the, uh, was that Menendez? Senator Menendez, who should have been arrested and kicked out of the Senate years ago after the, the scandals with the, the dentists and the financial fraud and the sex and, the, and the, the Caribbean. No, it's just fine. Breaking. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee approves NATO Protocol's resolution for Sweden and Finland, fulfilling our duty to help determine how, when, and with whom the U.S. brings to bear the power of our diplomatic and military alliance. Their membership will be a force multiplier for stability and democracy. Oh, I know. Yes, Sweden and Finland. Sweden and Finland. Watch out for their military. Watch out. Then we have this. While other members of the committee verbally voted with a yes or no, Paul voted a neutral present. Paul proposed an amendment that would re-emphasize or emphasize only the U.S. Congress has the right to declare war under the Constitution. However, it was immediately rejected by the committee. Paul took to Twitter to voice his displeasure. Shockingly, he said, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee just rejected my attempt to reaffirm the Constitution. All my amendment said was NATO obligations don't supersede the constitutional requirement that Congress must declare war. How is this controversial? Russia has repeatedly warned both Sweden and Finland against joining NATO, promising it would lead to further confrontation. Committee's chairman, Democrat Senator Bob Menendez, who, like I said, should be in jail, said in in a statement, as U.S. foreign policy priorities evolve to account for a changing world, no, 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 no. What is self-evident is the future of the transatlantic partnership will be even more intertwined and integrated thanks to Putin's recklessness, these fucking lunatics these fucking lunatics these lunatics I ladies and gentlemen I was talking about this very very briefly before and I'm just going to say it again right now you have Republicans and Democrats in the House of Representatives playing pretend with meaningless gay marriage legislation completely meaningless you might as well wipe your ass with it all the, your, your respective states, I don't care what these House reps are doing to actually go against constitutional order and separation of powers. They're supposed to be representing their, their constituents, all the 47 Republicans that wanted to, to, wanted to, to, to seem like they were more progressive than, than the, the, Nazi, the Nazi label that they are constantly um, slapped with. But it's completely out of their jurisdiction. 
You want gay marriage, it's a state issue. You want abortion, it's a state issue. Leave everybody alone. Stop trying to drag everybody down whatever cultural cesspool you have going on in one region or another. Leave everybody alone. Decentralize. That is what, that, what, that's what the Congress is supposed to be committed to. Decentralization. So that barely anything is passed and we are always in a stalemate and it leaves people in their localities to more freely take care of their own lives. So while Republicans and Democrats in the House are playing pretend with this toilet paper bullshit marriage legislation that means absolutely nothing, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee rejected an amendment by Rand Paul that simply affirms that only Congress could declare war. Before the ink dried on this, everybody on that committee should have been arrested. Treason. It is treason. You say, well, well, well what enemy are, are you? I don't, I don't know what enemy they're, they're helping out. But they are working to undermine the Constitution. These people, every two or six years, have the audacity to place their hand on a holy book and to swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. And then every day they spend from that point on until their next inauguration day, they are undermining and doing nullifying the Constitution. They should be arrested. It is not hyperbole. They have committed treason yet again. But it's just so blatant. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I keep saying it. That's why I keep saying it. There is no republic. I know what we are always very nostalgic over. I love learning about it. I wish that we were living in a different time and a different place. And who knows what the future brings if we work hard enough. But there is no republic. This is it. That's it. That's what's left of it. So you, you need to get that through your head if you haven't already. You have to internalize it because until you break free, you're not going to be able to see anything clearly, especially the path forward which is going to be a little tumultuous, but you need to, you need to understand this is where we are. So um, that's what I have to say with the opening. I have a couple of emails here that will lead us into our next, our next topic, though, a topic that we broached last night. Here's the first email from last night's show. This one is from Derek. says, Frank, a love listening brother, wanted to call in tonight, but I have never spoken on a live stream with an audience, so I chickened out. With that said, the billionaire psycho thread was spot on. That system has accumulated so much of our money to implement their plans so that most average Joes don't agree with it. It's ridiculous. They underestimate the true Americans that still exist in our country, though. I live in a Midwest flyover state, a town of 3,500 people. We are resilient to the woke establishment agenda, and our region controls the bulk of the food supply in our great country, which is a huge plus for all of us. My family has 200 cow-calf pairs, and I have also... I also utilize our land for fruit and vegetable production for my friends and family. I also come by an entrepreneurial family, come from an entrepreneurial manufacturing family. Currently, we build fiber optic and copper cable assemblies for telecommunications infrastructure. People in my area have not forgotten the value of hard work and the idea that you ultimately get what you put in. Just wanted to provide a positive vibe and let you know that when the establishment fails, those of us in the heart of the continental U.S. will continue to be the backbone of our great nation. For God and country, Derek. Derek, I appreciate the email. The only thing that I would interject in there on and say, 
no, you are not the backbone of the nation. You are the backbone of humanity. You, your role is even more important than a nation. And anybody who lives this way and, um, and has these kind of skills or has at least committed to being that kind of a provider, even in a small localized way to your family and to maybe your friends and just being sufficient and breaking away completely from what is a, a zombie body. A zombie body. There is no nation. There is no nation. This is a corpse being picked apart. So that's all I would say, Derek. Your, your role is even more important than you think. Backbone of humanity. Now here's another one about last night that'll lead us right into what we're going to read right now. This is from Valentina. Valentina's been a, a viewer of the show for a few years now. And she escaped communist the, so, the, the USSR, I don't think it was Russia in particular, but she escaped the USSR, came to the United States, and uh, still goes back now to Eastern Europe, that area, from time to time, from what I gather from our, our conversations. But still, she got a kick out of our little conversation last night based on that thread that we read. And she said, Frank, it was a bit funny to see fake meat and samizdat grind set pop up. I didn't expect to see the word samizdat in this meaning. This is a Russian word that means self-publication and came from an era of the late Soviet Union when the demand on good books greatly exceeded the offer. People who worked with computers would type and print those books on scrolls of computer paper. These technologies were different back then and most of those books were considered dissident books. And most of them were not accepted by publishers because they didn't want to be thrown into a gulag for publishing them. Those books were spread from friend to friend, so I guess it's all right to say Samizdat instead of unprofessional, not real, fake. I thought it's only about books. Well, I, I think it's beyond that, Valentina. You're talking about a way to, to use this kind of as a protest. Now, here it is. Here is, to expand upon last night a little bit, this is a, uh, a blog post by Aristophanes' Nightmare. And the title is Fake Meat and the Samizdat Grind Set. Here it is. Hello, my friends. Do you sometimes wonder how you personally can strike back at the vast array of hostile capital being employed against you? Well, wonder no more because I'm about to share this one cool trick to give woke capital and ESG a pinprick. Bill Gates hates, uh, Bill Gates hates it. And I've taken to calling it the Samizdat grind set after a passive resistance to the Soviet regime within the Soviet Union, where people would manually circulate subversive publications amongst each other, often by hand. In this article, we will target the, target the fake meat industry. So there's the beyond beef bullshit. You've all seen the ruckus surrounding meat of late. Beyond meat, impossible meat, these are types of product markets themselves as climate-friendly. Meat substitutes that get way more hype than they deserve. I looked at them with the typical apathetic contempt most of us feel toward these products until I spoke with a friend of mine that owns a restaurant. I came to visit him and have dinner with my family. Uh, I had dinner with my family. He came to visit. And I asked him what made him decide to start offering it as an option. He stated that Beyond Slash Impossible Meats sent him the product for free. And they even paid him to put up the paper signs on his tables. And he doesn't have to pay them a cent regardless of if, if the stuff sells or spoils. Crazy, right? Fake meat is currently occupying a space in the market 
known as being a loss leader, which is essentially when you are selling a product or giving it away for as low as a price as possible to, to, to grow a market share. Uh, a number of people pretty much using the market. You want to just get people using it as fast as possible. You'll notice if you are attentive in the grocery store that these fake meat brands are almost always in full stock. And think to yourself, how are they still in business? Nobody wants this stuff, and they've got to be burning ad spend on all of these commercials and promotional deals with large corporate chains and small restaurants alike. The answer has nothing to do with climate change or veganism or overpopulation and actually ties directly to our trade deficit with China and their food security. The goal of these companies is to convince you to literally eat garbage. And here's from a, a business section. Shangdua, it's a Shangdua, it's obviously Chinese food, officially becomes supplier of Beyond Meat. These foods are made of waste byproducts from Chinese agriculture, you see. The Chinese have a major food security problem, particularly where protein is concerned, and are currently willing to buy top dollar and threaten our animal feed infra infrastructure and we, and, uh, if we don't sell them beef. So we are trading them American beef, and they are trading us garbage agricultural waste that gets turned into hip, trendy, disgusting, disgusting-tasting frankenmeat. Here's Manchurian Candidate on Twitter who says, Fun fact, America exports beef to China and imports pea protein from China to make fake meat. Pea protein is a waste of Chinese crystal noodle making. China literally exports its garbage in exchange for quality American beef, and Americans are memed into eating China's garbage. I did not know that that's where pea protein came from. The, for more information on the supply chain, please follow Ross at Man Integrated on Twitter. As, a, uh, as an extreme example of loss leader, most grocery stores that sell fake meats don't have to pay for it. In fact, they get paid by these companies for the shelf space that would otherwise be taken up by real meat or vegan vegetarian options that don't involve cynical woke economics. This means that these stores fully expect much of the stock of fake meat that they receive to eventually spoil and get thrown out. And this doesn't particularly bother them, which is where Samadzat comes in. You know how sometimes you pick something up and you put it in your car and you decide you didn't want it, or perhaps you found something better, so you just sheepishly put it on a nearby shelf and get on with your day, knowing the night stalkers will put it back? It's something that happens every day, constantly, in stores all over the nation. Well, when this happens to perishable products that require refrigeration, they get thrown away as spoilage because no one in the store wants to sell room temperature meat to customers and get blamed if it makes them sick. And this is where we come in to do a little mischief. All I ask of you is that every time you get dragged to the grocery store to get food for your family, to make a stop by the meat aisle along the way, grab any number of products you feel comfortable with and put them in your cart, Forget about them, and when you are perusing, say, the dog food aisle, you realize you made a mistake, and you put that meat back in the wrong place. Very simple. No risk, no risk to you. It's something that happens every day, and you can tell your friends about it because it feels good to do.
A few people doing this is a blip, but a large groups of people doing this every time they go to the grocery store becomes a problem that is difficult to solve. The grocery store doesn't care. It's not hurting them. The loss prevention guy doesn't care. It's not like you're stealing and people do this every day. What's he going to do? Call you a liar? Now you might be thinking at this point, how do these companies stay in business aggressively shilling a product nobody wants made of waste byproducts from a rival foreign power? Well, the answer is simple. Investment capital. Fund managers, activist billionaires, the retail investors try to buy the cartel, invest money into them, uh, and invest money into them. In the case of giants that manage funds such as BlackRock, uh, State Street, or Vanguard, they are potentially investing into these products with your pension fund or 401k that they manage. The material damage intended is that they is that by depleting the shelves of fake meat faster it will force these companies to upscale their product ex, uh, ups, upscale their production which is expensive to do of fake meat that isn't actually being sold the added benefit of this zero risk enterprise is more metaphorical you need to help people get more comfortable with the subtle acts of resistance toward the regime and there's nothing that'll give someone a taste for it like something that feels good, has no risk, and takes place as part of a regularly scheduled ritual like grocery shopping so you don't even have to go out of your way to do it. People send me pictures and tweets every day of their fake meat shenanigans during their trips to the store and I love to get them. Who knows? You might decide spoiling fake meat isn't enough for you, and your risk appetite is geared towards something a little bit bigger. And, of course, there's the, the picture of the, the completely crumbled and destroyed Georgia Guidestones. And that is the end of the blog. So, I, uh, something you probably didn't know about fake meat, and something you probably didn't know about protocol in food stores... And the people behind all this shit that are literally trying to get you to eat garbage and change your mindset about human health and what you're worthy of having, what you're worthy of enjoying, and has nothing to do with veganism and saving the plants and the snails and all that shit. So, with that being said, we're going to take a really, really quick break. When we come back, when we come back, we are going to be diving into Gamergate because something happened, and this is another thing that you must know about. Don't go anywhere. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit-forming. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it you can't od on it it's not gonna make me want to have sex is it it makes sex even better sounds kind of expensive it's the cheapest drug there is hmm you don't want it i think i kind of want it <laughs> okay but just this once come on in
want it. It's a nightmare. And you never once paid for drugs. Not once. Okay, back, back, oh, here we are. It's 7.36. I have a war update to do in the second half of the show. Do not miss that one. I'm going to go shopping after the show. I'm going to go ruin some fake meat. But um, here's what we have. This is from a crazy wench from NBC News, a tech and culture reporter. And as as I said before, too, this is really all about this crazy Me Too crowd. That was really what Gamergate was all about. And just like Me Too, it was all farce, a pseudo-feminist farce that was actually a cover-up for something else. It was a way that Hollywood and the media and everybody that is complicit in, in enabling this meat grinder of a entertainment world that takes apart women, children, men alike. Young kids to big burly black men like Terry Crews makes no distinction. Wants to consume them all. And that's what Me Too was all about. It's a pseudo-feminist farce that uh, wanted to co-opt the entire fight against a problem that they were solely um, solely the owners of. And also to keep people away and give them just a little bit of justice, flush a Harvey Weinstein down. I don't know how they got away with that without there being any blowback, but I guess uh, there are worse things than death. And he just, he's doing his time, I guess. Anyway, Gamergate was before that, and it was even bigger. Well, here is Cat Cat Tenbarge. That's her name, Cat Tenbarge. And this is what she said about the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. She said this. Uh, well, she's responding to a tweet that says, You journos learned nothing from Zoe Quinn and fake DV with journos compi- com- complicity. That one has blood on their hands. They're now, Zoe Quinn is the central figure of what began... Gamergate. We're going to talk about that in a second. So Kat took exception with this and said the social media movement around Johnny Depp and Amber Heard was, for many, a continuation of Gamergate. That's why it's important that we continue to explore what happened, because it didn't end with the trial. You see, this is all about women and, uh, and, and validity, and, uh, even though we know that this is a how this how the, the law enforcement world, everything, the judicial, the judicial system is slanted, education is slanted, everything. Kat goes on to say, Depp and Heard was, I would argue, even worse than Gamergate because the people who accepted the conspiracy at the heart of Depp's defense were oftentimes the demographic that would have opposed Gamergate. It included a demographic of women, DV survivors, and liberals. DV, of course, domestic violence. Most people don't know what Gamergate is outside of online circles, but everyone knew about the trial and saw the anti-Amber Heard propaganda. It also caused a huge population to lose faith in the mainstream media because they didn't understand why mainstream media questioned the conspiracy. This was people's QAnon. 
This was the people's QAnon, and it still is going on. Just like QAnon kept going after Trump lost, now we have an even bigger media-hating conspiracy prime population. It's not going to end well. Also, in regards to the screenshot in my initial tweet, I need to make this clear. What happened, what that person is uh, accusing Zoe of doing is false. It's offensive, inflammatory, blah, blah, blah. She's nuts. Cat Tenbarge is nuts. She's a nutty chick. Nutty. Nutty, nutty. Where is that? Here you go. Shut up, silly woman. I should have had that ready. That's Cat Tenbarge. Now, what is Gamergate? The shot heard round the world. Yes, you're right. To say that, though, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is greater than Gamergate is to minimize what Gamergate exposed, what it really was. And we're going to start here. Now, we might go past 8 o'clock. We don't know. But sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here it is. This is written by John Carroll, published on October 25th, 2021. Gamergate, the shot heard round the world. In the wake of the storm, this is a... Here you go. This is a quote from Vox. In the wake of the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th by Trump supporters, bystanders on social media had plenty to say about the root causes and contributing factors that have, may have led to this flashpoint. Among these was Gamergate, according to Vox. The year-long harassment campaign from 2014 to 2015 that eventually became subsumed into the greater rise of the alt-right movement online. End quote. Fact check. True. Although harassment campaign is a misnomer, this is John Carroll now, although harassment campaign is a misnomer, Gamergate can accurately be described as the first shot of the revolution we still find ourselves struggling through today. Moreover, it is a microcosm of that revolution. What began as a reasonable request for accountability in public institutions unleashed a deluge of pent-up cultural hatred and uncovered a conspiracy which has essentially turned Western civilization into a socially engineered Ponzi scheme. In August of 2014, a gamer published a blog in which he accused his ex-girlfriend herself, an amateur game developer, of cheating on him. He alleged that her behavior was part of a quid pro quo wherein she traded sex with gaming journalists in return for positive coverage. As the story spread, the gamers began voicing concerns about the lack of integrity in their industry. They were suddenly met with a shocking level of vitriol, lies, censorship, and organization. Honest and fair questions were treated as sexist harassment and reciprocated with insults and discussions of the scandal were ruthlessly suppressed online. But then the gamers did something the powers that be did not expect. They fought back. It quickly became apparent that this group was unlike anything militant leftism had engaged with before. Already treated as outcasts by society, the gamers were impervious to the threats and shaming tactics that had always forced others to cave. Even worse, nobody could figure out where to find them or who they were even were. The network of gamers was leaderless and anonymous, a phantom menace that forced their enemy to publicly double down. This posed a huge problem as the only card the gaming media had to play was to continue lying. But lie they did, lie they did, and as an army of feminine, or feminist, they're never really feminine, an army of feminist journalists 
from the gaming and now the political media entered the fray, every last one of them had their feelings hurt in ways they could never have imagined. They labeled themselves as victims and martyrs, eventually uh, taking their case all the way to the United Nations. Seriously, they were there. The wave of death threats they received was promptly investigated by the FBI, but even that organization, rotten to the core, and with the penchant for political witch hunts, came up with nothing. One of the more hilarious aspects of the whole fiasco was that many of the gamers weren't ideologically driven or even that motivated. Oftentimes, the histrionic women simply finished uh, fished for opinions they were uh, that they knew would upset them and then became upset after said opinions were received, thus furthering the number of quote-unquote harassment claims. It was the feminists themselves, not the gamers, who eventually crafted the feminists versus gamers narrative in the media. And you see Zoe Quinn, the, uh, the sex for good reviews developer, and Anita Sarkeesian. Remember that face? Thank God I haven't seen a lot of that fucking mug in a long time. As Breitbart's Milo Yiannopoulos reported, because he was big in, 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 uh, in the breaking of this. It was, it was a fantastic time. As Breitbart's Milo Yiannopoulos reported, instead of addressing allegations of corruption, examining their own prejudices, and giving consideration to an industry-wide failure to provide any kind of acceptable service, the games press, uh, the games press rounded on its own readers accusing them of bigotry and misogyny. This is, like, this is like Disney Star Wars. And refusing to acknowledge that the community was sick of being lectured to and guilt-tripped on a daily basis by hypocrites and liars. Watching the fallout on blogs, in forums, and on Twitter, it's tough to understate this continues to be Myelianopolis. Tough to understate the extent of the shockwaves from all of this, or the rift that has opened up between writers and readers as a result of left-wing journalists reflexively defending their ideological allies. Gamers have uncovered evidence of such widespread corruption and conflicts of interest that the gaming blogs may have never, they may never recover from it. The response from reporters, for the most part, denial and dismissal, is akin to mass professional suicide, end quote. A blatant example of that widespread corruption happened about two weeks after the scandal broke, when over a dozen media outlets seemed to collude by simultaneously publishing articles declaring gamers are dead. This wave of articles and the immense backlash they drew launched Gamergate onto the national stage. The collusion was confirmed a month later when Yiannopoulos published the names uh, found on Game Journal Pros, a mailing list of 150 journalists and industry leaders, including those at the outlets in question. The plot soon thickened when a video of Sarkhan of uh, of Akkad linked those names to an international think tank called DIDRA, or Digital Games Research or Association. DIDRA had previously promoted academic papers about how to use critical theory, that's right, critical Marxist critical theory from the Frankfurt School, that is uh, its, its latest little iteration. Critical race theory is all the craze with Marxists ruining the lives of black and white American children. Um, Didra had previously promoted academic papers about how to use critical theory to deconstruct the identity of the gamer, which academia described as straight, white, and male. So you know that has to be destroyed immediately. 
Those same papers were then cited by the gamers are dead pieces. The chart below can be viewed in a higher resolution here. Here's the Gamergate timeline. August 16, 2014. Aaron uh, uh, Joni publishers uh, publishes the Zoe Post, which alleges the, alleges the, rela the relationship between jo Zoe Quinn and the journalist Nathan Grayson. August 16th to August 28, 2014, the Quinspiracy. Gamers believe that there is an unethical practice in gaming journalism. Anita Sarkeesian publishes women as background decorations. Both Quinn and Sarkeesian are then harassed. August 28, 2014, 10 different gaming outlets publish articles denouncing gamers and what's called Gamers Are Dead. This is believed to be the coordinated effort by media to attack the pro-Gamergate side. September 22, 2014, Milo Yiannopoulos publishes Game Journal Pros. On Breitbart, a list consisting of over 150 journalists, editors, and bloggers in the tech industry. This suggests there is a large-scale collusion within the gaming media. And then October 2nd, 2014, Sargon's, Sargon's uh, video was published. Now, this is where things get dark. When some of the more enterprising gamers determined to find the truth, found out just how deep the Gamergate rabbit hole goes. They found out that the social deconstruction of the gamer identity was done to make video games attractive to people of all backgrounds so as to get a larger segment of the population playing them. Once this was achieved, video games were set to become an important component of Common Core, the agenda to force working class Americans onto a single education standard. In reality, the mission of Didra is to figure out how video games can be used to control people, then repackage that knowledge for consumption by making it seem positive and needed. Just as the gaming media used the information gathered by Didra to influence public opinion, lobbyists used that information to promote Common Core legislation in Congress. The two-pronged approach engineered, engineered the government to provide what the public was engineered to demand. The money trail behind these efforts leads us to an organization that, quite frankly, audience has become intimately familiar with over the past few years. According to the 2014 Washington Post article, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation didn't just bankroll the development of what became known as Common Core State Standards. With more than $200 million, the foundation also built political support across the country, persuading state governments to make systemic and costly changes. End quote. The foundation's Wikipedia page further explains, quote, as part of its education-related in initiatives, the foundation has funded journalists, think tanks, lobbying uh, organizations, and governments, end quote. All of a sudden, it made perfect sense why so many people would tank their careers and reputations to defend a nobody who cheated on her boyfriend. It was all part of a cover-up. There is much more to Gamergate than can be covered here. But by now, the gist of the story should be clear. It was the first iteration of a cycle that was only intensified, in which people are gaslit by media after complaining about problems in their communities, then discover a conspiracy behind the lies. It was also the first time a large group of normal, non-political people took the time to actually study extremist left-wing groups like radical feminists and social justice warriors and realize just how absolutely batshit crazy they are. To this day, Gamergate is still deeply triggering to the far left. It revealed their psychopathy as they attacked innocent people, then took deep personal offense and reframed themselves as the victims. 
Where have I seen that time and time again? When those people fought back. To make matters worse, their opponents were able to formulate a blueprint to defeat them and have used that blueprint in, in the years since to drive them to the brink of insanity. After decades of easily steamrolling their opponents, Gamergate represented, the, re- represented their first true defeat in the culture war. Just as the name of the scandal arouses, uh, just as the name as the scandal arouses a primal fear in their subconscious, a fear of not having control, and which sends them into a rage. That fear is the actual source of their comically tragic uh, reactions to everything we do and one day that fear will ultimately destroy them and that is uh that's why people say that this led us to everything it led us to the meme it really was the 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 kickoff of the 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 meme magic that took hold of donald trump the donald trump campaign in 2016 there's a great meme i love this i love this one here you go here you go. So you got Keck. You've got Keck there having a good time and starting a gigantic domino effect there. And this is all Gamergate. So the first domino, I don't know if you can see it. Let me get out of the way. Yeah. The first domino is Zoe Quinn fucks five game reviewers. That's the first domino. It's a very small one. The second domino, autists go on a quest to find out why a terrible game got such great reviews. The third domino, massive censorship. Then gamers are dead. Then Zoe's UN cry bullying. And then autists just start hating SJWs. What happens after that? Trump wins. Then the China virus. Then a stolen election. Then Civil War II. Then World War III, the death of the SJWs. After that, the death of the Illuminati. The great horror of Babylon. And after that, the end of Kali Yuga. That's the fourth yuga. Pretty much a, uh, it's a hin- uh, Hindu thing, I believe, where they say that, you know, all, all faiths really have some pr- really keen insight into the age that we're living in right now. And the Kali Yuga is apparently a, a time of tremendous violence and sin and corruption. That once it ends, we go into some kind of a golden age or a rebirth and to the stars we go. And the, and the fact that this could all have started from Zoe Quinn fucking five game reviewers is, uh, that's the kind of shit that legends are made of. So there you have a little bit. If you want to read this and digest it yourself and go into, cause there's a lot of other memes. There's a lot of other link backs in here. So you can read original articles and shit like that. You can find this article, Gamergate, the shot heard around the world on the blog section on quitefrankly.tv. With that being said, ladies and gents, we are going to take a really quick break. A really quick break indeed. For intermission, come back, do your super chats, take some calls, a little bit of a war and an astro update, and that is your, your Wednesday night, your hump day. Please become a sponsor of the show. Enjoy. Enjoy every night and become a sponsor of the show. I love being here, and I love being supported by you all and our wonderful sponsors. We will be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. 
Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? we are I have a few things I want to do with you um, I'm going to get to the super chats and then I'm going to read you an old post a two part post that was from the, the boards back in 2014 on Christmas Eve actually 2014 when all the Gamergate stuff was coming out it's a little blurry so it's hard to read so I'm going to expand it and I'd love to just read this to you guys to really drill it home because if we're going to do a review we might as well do something a little bit more complete so here we have it let's go to super chats quite frankly superchat.com see what people are thinking Minnesota cat says hey Frank love the based shirt t-shirt design in the merch store I just ordered it and will wear it with joy in Minnesota love and peace to all I can't wait you send me a picture love seeing pictures with the with people wearing the shirts. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for supporting. Kool-Aid Man says, Oh yeah, so Frank, before my time, as a wall-shattering bringer of delicious fruity beverage, I was a Coke dealer. My biggest client was Macho Man Randy Savage. We'd do lines and work on his, uh, his uh, promos. I helped make his infamous Cream of the Crop promo. Are you serious? If you're serious about that Kool-Aid man, please email me. That would I would love to talk to you more. If you're serious. I, and I don't know if there's ways that you can prove it. If that's provable, that's a, that's a awesome. And I know Matt would love that. A few other... Uh, Rob would love that story. You're that close to Randy Macho Man Savage. I would love some Randy Savage stories. One Way Mail says, Wait. So possums and walk-in closets are just two of your inner 
in your frights. No, 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 not now walk-in closets. The, that guy, Gord. That guy, Gord, standing in your closet when you get home. You crack me up. Cheers. Cheers to you, Mel. Rick from Tulsa says, Frank, I'm still waiting to hear about the 4chan Civil War thread that you teased us with a couple of weeks ago. Did I miss it? Also, will you be having Tim Gordon's friend on the show, the one who was close to Malachi Martin? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I have all three of the Civil War pieces right over here. Maybe I can do that on Friday. That sounds light and airy for a Friday. I have them right here. We have not been able to get around to it. It's been very busy. And... Um, and as far as Timothy Gordon and the guest, the guest's name, I want to get it right. Hold on a second. Where is Timothy Gordon? And here it is. It's Timothy Gordon and Charles Columbe uh, or Columbe. Charles A. Columbe. He's a writer, historian, uh, historian. Traditional Catholic monarchist knight Angelino Angeleno, I don't know Well, anyway, this is the first time I'm meeting him And he knew Malachi Martin So I would love to get a little bit of that in I'm going to pre-record that interview Friday around 2pm That's going to be pre-recorded Because I, I just I, I, got it. I, just, I just want to go home early on Friday night So I didn't want to do a show Then have to do another show Get home at 10.30 or something like that And I just wanted to get home on time Friday night, so I asked them if they would be okay with pre-recording the show. Maybe I'll, I'll stream it live on DLive or something while I'm recording it, and then what I'll do is I'll just premiere it on YouTube and also premiere it on the network over the weekend. The other thing I will say is this. Over the weekend, I am going to upload the entire video series of the book, the book club. So the entire video series that we did, all those streams that we did on QuiteFrankly.tv and DLive throughout the entirety of our reading Windswept House, I'm going to upload that in all of those into a playlist, a book club playlist, so people can enjoy it. Anybody who wants to read that book down the line, they will be able to go there. That playlist is still up on the, uh, the SoundCloud. I put it all into a very specific playlist, so if you haven't read it yet, and you want to follow along, there's all the links to the threads in the corresponding episodes. Everything is there. It's all documented. So, I have that ready for you, and I'm going to put it up on YouTube soon. And if my, depending on how long my YouTube account survives, I bet you any money that that becomes a very well-watched series over the years. Because there's always going to be people looking for things about you know, figures like Malachi Martin, and I think it was just such a compelling series of conversations that me and Tim have. I know that not um, not many of you are Catholic, but uh, many of you are. But it was it was it was beyond. You didn't have to be a Catholic to enjoy it because it's very world history. It's very New World Order based. It, it it's really very prophetic. The guy obviously knew things and tried to warn people. So I'm going to be uploading that probably by this weekend if all goes well. Um, let's see here. Captain Castiron says, I love meditation. I love meditations. Uncle Ted was ahead of his time, and you probably heard this before. King reminds me of Frank Rizzo from Jerky Boys. Great show. See you tomorrow. 
That was from Captain Cast Iron last night. Thank you so much. Over there on Rockfin, loving the show from down under, says Michelle Obama Isaman. Linda, Linda Semmelmeyer says, thanks for the Gamergate history, Frank. Always wanted to know the full story. I learned something every time I listen. Glad I found you. I got more for you there, Linda. More for you there. You just wait for a second. Brian Frank, one, says, interview the awesome, uh, wait, interview the awesome Tori from Tori Says. She's moving mountains. Tori knows the number. I always tell her. Call in. Every once in a while, we check in with each other. I, you know, I say hi, Merry Christmas, Merry, th- Merry Thanksgiving, all that stuff. But um, yeah, selling the farm. Rumble's a mess tonight. Listening on D Live, chatting on Rumble, we can make it work. Rumble's a mess. How the hell does that happen? But yeah, there's only 300 people watching on Rumble. What the hell's the problem? It says I'm streaming. Uh, there's nothing that'll give someone a taste for it. Like, I don't know. It must be on Rumble's end because this this is very. That's very rare. That's way behind too. That says I'm still reading the, the fake meat article. That can't be right. It's part of a regularly scheduled. Ri- That's screwed up. I don't know what's going on there, guys. Maybe let me stop and start again. Stopping Rumble. Let me just try. I don't. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to try, but it's obviously screwed up. All right, on Foxhole, a lot of great people hanging out. I don't have the. Where's the? In search of truth. Sorry. Sometimes this. What's going on there? This screws up as well. In search of truth. Got the gold pills coming on in here. Says. Any word on the next book? No, not yet, but I will soon. And happy hump day, says Stostube. Happy hump day. Thank you so much for the ship, and thank you for the cookie. You guys are, are wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Um, here's what I want to read to you. A little bit more on Gamergate. This is from people who were living it at the time. This is from 2014. Now, it is a little bit hard to read, so please bear with me. So here's from December 24th, 2014, Controlling the Future. With all of this information in mind, the Anon says, let's take a look back at everything we've covered and developed and develop a fresh perspective on Gamergate and why it has exploded into such a major controversy. We are now able to answer our original question, which was why. In the beginning of the Gamergate controversy, we thought we had uncovered a simple case of violation of basic journalistic ethics. Our initial efforts focused simply on correcting what we thought was a fairly simple problem. The entire controversy, in fact, could have been stopped within the first two weeks of the offending publications had they simply taken steps to correct what was an obvious problem, Zoe Quinn being a a slut. The, 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 The response we got, however, was an organized and seemingly planned attack. Even to this day, the opposition to Gamergate had focused on smear attacks, name-calling, false equivalencies, and a variety of other dirty tricks. Every time we tried to move on one step up the ladder to correct what was, it seemed, a very small issue. We had been met with greater and greater resistance. 
Websites and businesses had lost thousands, possibly millions of dollars in their effort to silence us. They have lost traffic, they lost sponsors, and the credibility of their very own brand. As time went on, we began to run into corruption and resistance from influential and honestly surprising sources. Wikipedia, for example, has come out uh, in opposition to Gamergate, which goes against its own stated mission of disseminating factual information through a crowdsourced means. Remember, this is 2014. Wikipedia was still held in semi-high regard for good uh, information. All of this was quite surprising, but after reading through this article, it all makes a lot more sense. So, the answer to why the Gamergate opposition was not protecting the one unknown indie developer, but was trying to hide its ties to a multi-billion dollar agenda to take control of the entire educational system of the United States. The opposition did not attack gamers as a personal vendetta against us, the very consumer market that created the game industry. It was attacking the preconceived notion of gamers in an effort to help promote gaming as a major educational tool in the Common Core initiative. Gamergate is not up against a few websites. It's not up against a few websites, bloggers, and developers who, seems to be, who seem to be close friends. We have found ourselves fighting a well-organized and highly funded effort by the richest and most powerful people in the world to gain control over the future. Common Core is about more than simply changing the way we educate children. Common Core is about more than simply creating universal standards for education and a nationwide curriculum. It is an effort to place an entirety of the U.S. educational system in the hands of the global elite. Global elite, who once again, they subscribe to the Frankfurt School, critical theory. This is why uh, it, it's still, to this day, they promote these really obnoxious uh, gender uh, inversions, race inversions. They, they sacrifice everything that's historical to make sure that, you know, all these Call of Duty games that are supposed to be um, period pieces in World War II or World War I. Uh, you know, I, I know that there were black officers in, um, and soldiers in World War I, but still, the female officers and the female commandos and all that shit, it's not about equality. There's, there's always something to poke and prod and... Um, and this is all part of it, because we know where the critical theory has ended up and how it continues to mutate, and it's destroying children. It's all about capturing the future, as we know. No longer, because think about, think about all of the, the bannermen, the bannermen that came out to defend Common Core, to defend critical race theory. That You saw what was going on on Twitter and what was going on around the internet. Everybody that came to the rescue, they, start, they tried white knighting for critical race theory? Think about the efforts and the resources that were expended for that. This is very important to them. Very important. They need to destroy, they need to destroy Western civilization. In some parts, they want to be able to make sure that only they are in control. Other parts, they want to unleash South African style uh, Marxist bloodbaths. And, uh, and the fact that this is where it started bubbling up into the surface was tremendous. They continue. No longer will states be allowed to decide what should be taught and what standards this education, uh, uh, this education is judged. No longer will we have the ability to decide what our children are taught or how they are taught. 
Common Core will create two sets of educational systems. There will be one set, the Common Core, which is taught to the majority of young population. There will also be another set consisting of private schools and expensive private tutoring that will be available to focus for those who can afford it. What we are facing with Gamergate is the entire web being used to promote this new binary form of education where the rich can afford to have their children one type of education while the rest of us are forced to submit our children to education that is created and approved by central groups that are both funded and run by rich and powerful who actually hate you, the, 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 the student. They hate you, the student, whether you're white, whether you're black. If they're black, they expect they express their hatred and disdain of you by giving you learned helplessness, and they give you uh, a learned racial view of, of the world, how you are not going to be able to get anywhere because of the color of your skin, ambition, curiosity, friendship, charisma, marketing skills, ideas. That means nothing. You're black. And to you, white oppressor bitch... You're the one who needs to be tamed by the now in, in, infuriated, inflamed black population. That's how they hate you. It's class. It's complete class warfare. And, um, and no, the members of Congress are, are barely a part of that class. This is so much bigger than politics. But they, uh, they get good paychecks, so they go along with it. Let's see here. The few pieces... Of this that Gamergate has uncovered is only a small portion of what is really going on. This is something that extends all the way from gaming journalism through government all the way to the top of the world's elite. This is not an issue of journalistic ethics. It's not a solely an issue of, uh, of corruption in the gaming industry. Gamergate is a fight for the freedom, for our freedom and for the future freedom of the entire planet. I feel I may have put myself in danger by writing and publishing this, but I feel it needs to be said. People must be made aware of what is happening all around us. If Gamergate is ever defeated, I fear we will have lost our future as free humans. Please do not stop fighting. What I just read to you is also embedded in that wonderful article written by John Carroll on QuiteFrankly.tv in the blog section. So go ahead and read it, reread it, internalize it, and know the history that you probably have not uh, heard before. But we're definitely living it. Um, just incredible stuff. You know, there was something that Larry Elder put out. We're talking about education and how much they hate us and what they're really trying to do to us. I loved this, this exchange that Larry Elder had. Let me see here. Where is Larry Elder? Here he is. Here's an exchange that Larry Elder had recently. Um... He destroys a leftist's claim that racism is the problem. And of course, this is all part critical race theory where children are only being given these types of things to talk about, debate, and be tested on and quizzed quizzed on in school instead of actual workable skills and great history and good things that are inspiring, that are that bring communities together, that bring people together, and actually form the basis, the foundation for a bright future. Watch how this guy... I don't know if he walked away from this and, and slid right back into old habits of thinking, but watch Larry Elder so smoothly bring this guy back to reality. I love this. You say racism is not alive today, but I didn't say that. You said that. Okay, what did, what did you I, say? So he, he starts out by putting words in Larry Elder's mouth by saying, you say that racism is not alive today. 
So racism needs to be completely dead or else the revolution must continue. You say racism is not alive today, but I didn't say that. You said that. Okay, what did, what did I, you say? Racism is no longer a major problem in America. Well, let me, uh, let me just ask the crowd, how many in the crowd would say that there's something from their childhood that's, that's, that, that's still affecting them today in terms of how you behave from your childhood, anything? Which is ridiculous because uh, your childhood is it's what makes you what you are. I would say it's let's, let's be honest, right? 100%. 100%, yeah. correct, right? Of course. Okay, so in the case of black people, if you look at uh, 400 years of of, of of abuse you're not you're not 400 years old sir i love that you're not for it's actually something i started saying to myself you're not 400 who's 400 years old what are you talking about but this is this is critical race theory now it has become a little bit more prevalent a little bit more well-defined a little bit more naked now because there's nowhere to run but this is what has been done to people over the last few generations so i'll shut up for the last two minutes of this enjoy of of Abuse. You're not. Slip. You're not 400 years old, sir. No, no, no. I said black people. You're not 400 years old. Black people. I'm not saying me. I'm saying nobody. Black nobody black is 400 years old. Okay. Well, the the history of of slavery, 400 years old. That that's just a piece of it. Had to endure the trauma, and now we're still here today. My point is that. You say racism is not alive today, but I didn't say that. You said that. Okay, what did, what did I, you say? Racism is no longer a major problem in America. It's Correct. No, it's no longer powerful enough to hold anybody back who's willing to work hard uh, and follow the four or five things I just not mentioned. I never said racism is gone. I agree with that, but the effects of racism are still very much alive. The effects, and the effects will last generations upon generations. That's nonsense. Uh, 1940, before the Civil Rights Act was passed, before mm -hmm. the Voting Rights Act was passed, open housing was passed, 87% of blacks lived below the federally defined level of poverty. 1960, 20 years later, that number had declined to 47%, a 40-point drop from 1940 to 1960, the greatest 20-year period of economic expansion for blacks in American history, before any of the civil rights stuff had happened. The big problem, sir, is a breakdown of the black family. Look at a graph on how much time a black student spends studying every night versus a Hispanic student versus a white student versus an Asian American student. It's night and day. You don't work hard. You don't embrace education. You're going to have a bad output. The question is, why are we having a bad output? And the answer is, unless there's somebody in the home to make sure you have done your homework and you've gone to bed on time and you've been housed and clothed and fed properly, unless you have at least somebody like that in the house, you're toast. And unfortunately, so many black people do not have that. And we ought to be talking about why. I, complete, I completely agree. Completely agree. Thank you. Yeah. And, 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 they, and they, they, I love seeing that connection. I love seeing that connection be made. How can you go, when you understand the history, which is what education is not doing. I mean, for example, this guy, this audience member there, I don't dislike him. I kind of roll my eyes when I hear the 400 years thing get thrown away, uh, thrown around. Here we are in in uh, in uh, in the 21st century, and and just like really, you roll your eyes a little bit. But I just it's just because I'm frustrated. I want to see people make the connection and break away from this shit. Because just like how Me Too, 
was a pseudo-feminist movement to be able to not take any responsibility for what was their problem of rape, child trafficking, and everything else in, uh, in Hollywood and elsewhere. These civil rights groups and these civil rights causes, the BLMs and all that stuff, that is also pseudo-civil rights to be able to take away any kind of attention from how Marxist indoctrination, Marxist uh, 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 government programs, especially stemming from right after that 1960 area when we had uh, Great Society and all that, Lyndon Baines Johnson really wanted to kill people. Well, he got it. They got it. Family was destroyed. And not just black families. You know, a black, fa- black Americans had a little bit more of a handicap coming into the 20th century. Let's be honest about that. A little bit more of a handicap being freed, uh, being freed from slavery, root hog or die. You're just kicked out there on your own. But at least they had their families. At least they had their families. And going into the 20th century... 20th century, everybody was doing better, slowly but surely. And then we all got hamstrung. We all got hamstrung. Broken homes, illegitimacy rates, that has affected everybody. I think it's close to 40% for white families. It's close to 75, 80% for black families now, or black, black Americans. So it's when, when, you, when you jump into these, these Democrat leftist civil rights movements or Gamergate or Me Too or whatever the hell it is, you're, you're, you're going and you're following. You're following or you're being led around by the people who actually cause the problem and are probably planning something far worse for the future and trying to make sure that they never take responsibility for the fallout of that. And I just love when I see people make connections. Larry Elder does that. I would never be able to do this type of thing. I would... Um, I would never be able to do this type of thing. I don't have the patience. Larry Elder, very, very, very patient man and does a lot of good to see these conversations. It really does. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's see here. I have another really quick break I got to do. We're going to go and take that break. When we come back in less than a minute and a half or so, I am going to... uh, I'm going to take some calls, and we're going to do this war update, which I think is really interesting. A really interesting thing that I saw. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to, I'm going to actually play a little something for my brother. My brother has a new song coming out of for a new project he started. like a Kind of like a synthwave project. I actually came up with the, the name of the, of the project. It's called Silent Knife instead of Silent Night. So, you know, Silent Knife would be a nice name of, you know, and they started using it. But got a new song coming out that everybody can pre-save on whatever streaming services that they use. I put the link to that song, Swimming Through Air. You can pre-save it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use. I put the link in the description of this episode. Go So go ahead and enjoy that. And it comes out in a, about a couple of weeks or something. And I think you'll like it. We'll be right back.
If you're a fan of Synthwave, artists like Gunship and Kavinsky, and even some 80s pop like Depeche Mode and Tears for Fears, you might like my new project, Silent Knife. I'll be releasing a new single on August 11th. It's called Swimming Through Air. You just heard a clip in the beginning of this video, so pre-save the link and be there. Driving, walking, working, or <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcasts. So, for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. I might... This might get the whole episode axed, but I don't care. One of the best solos ever. Diamond Daryl. Listen to this beautiful. Hold on. Oh, gosh. So incredible. So incredible, the soul. How do you make something cry like that? How do you make an inanimate object cry? Oh boy. So lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. 914-595-6953. That is the number to call. 914-595-6953. And we can also jump into the Discord. I will do that in just a moment. Actually, I'll just do that right now. Let's go. First one in, Albert Frederick. What's going on, Al? Yeah, hold on. Hello. Al, what's up? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Are you ever going to do a fucking bad show? No, I'm just I just want to I, I want you to do a bad show so I can just call in and go, Frank. You know you suck. I've been watching you for so long, and this this episode sucks. But you know for some reason, I haven't been able to do that for fucking years. That chick, I got I got a couple things. Well, I have several things, so I gotta I gotta talk fast. You said that that chick was doing what a scramjet. You know the problem was I think that. You know, she could do a slam jet, but not a scram jet. And so, for what that's worth, the thing is about that fucking fake meat that you were talking about, yeah. it's more than just that, okay? It's like, everybody, did everybody forget, like, in an Impossible Burger, there's fucking 40 grams of estrogen, okay? 
40 grams. I want you to think about that because, like, if you're, like, some tranny going to get fucking, you know, injections of fucking estrogen, I think they give you 5 to 10 grams. But if you eat an Impossible Burger, dude, you can get 40 grams. So I just want people that are, you know, all into this plant-based fake meat to let that thing sink in. I love the guy that was talking about King. You know, he reminds him of Frank Rizzo. I'm pretty sure whoever that guy is doesn't understand that probably when the Jerky Boys were rock walking around New York, they bumped in to King, and that is who Frank Rizzo is based on. That's just my personal opinion. You know what? what it could. With. It could. Who the hell knows? It could. That could be it. I'll I'll ask King. Right. I'll ask King. Did you ever uh, did you ever bump into the Jerky Boys or maybe he they weren't even well, the Jerky Boys? Didn't yet. even know who they were. Right. I'm just saying that's how it's coming to me th- through the ethos. I mean, you know, if you if you've ever listened to Jerky Boys, that is fucking King, and I oh, mean yeah. that with the biggest of heart because you know, who oh. doesn't love King? Except no. for the fucking Canadians, right? All right, the, the Canadians. <laughs> but even they, even they are like, how how can we get him to like us? They just want, they, they, they're just fiending for some affection. But yeah, that's a I lot. Think, that's a lot I think of. If, uh, they, if they listen to Saturday Night Fever, they'd have a chance, you know, because he just, King just kind of reminds me of that dude that's like that Italian guy with the fucking low cut shirt when he's in his younger years with the gold chain driving a fucking IROC or something. I don't know about King though. I don't know if he ever had an IROC, but he's got the attitude and that, that's you know, that's that's enough. Um dude, yeah you have to you have to tell my son Devin and my daughter in law Marissa congratulations because they just got fucking married today. So they're pretty fucking stoked and um the, the, All that other good stuff. You said the Larry Elder stuff is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So you're dude. loving this show what tonight. A great, what a great segment. You're loving this show tonight. I like it. You like, you just recap the entire show. Yeah, what What isn't to love? I mean, how long have we been playing this fucking game, dude? I know. And the thing is, is what I want to I want to talk a little bit about about because I know you're going to do an astro thing and whatnot. But right now, Saturn is retrograde in the tenth, in the natural tenth, in Capricorn, according to Vedic astrology, which is what I like to call real astrology. But um, it's retrograde in the tenth house right now, so everybody's hyper focused on the government right now and ev- all the government shit because the tenth house is the fucking government. So it's like everything is backing up into that, and I love how all the thought is going in into this. But the cool thing is, is for the next two and a half years, once once Saturn stops being retrograde, it's moving into the eleventh house. And for people that don't know about astrology. Um, the 11th house is the people. So let that sink in. There's like right now everything is like, I mean, who is it? They just had a new ATF person come in and they're, they're trying this whole new fucking ban on, on assault weapons and stuff. Well, good luck with that, you know, but because, you know, even, even if that happens, there's going to be such huge pushback once Saturn goes direct into the 11th house because people, at least in the United States, are not going to fucking stand for it. And all these all these positive things. I just want everybody that's feeling depressed and fucked up right now to understand that as soon as Saturn goes direct into the 11th house, that's the house of the people. So we've got two and a half years of 
of Saturn being in Aquarius, just going fuck the government, so to speak. You know. So so what, so you say so two, 2024 is when the good times start. Well, you know, it's going to be on the people. I didn't say when the good times start. I said that's when the people are going to. That's when that is. We're going to have two and a half years of the people being fucking totally sick of it. So we'll see how it all works out. You know, keep your powder dry. Make sure you got your garden on your garage if you're in New York. And uh, you know, I, I'm getting my chickens. I'm getting my chicken pen you know, built in here in a couple of weeks right. and whatnot. But, you know, life is good. Some people were having fun in the dark ages. I remember this one dude said that that one time, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, I'm, so. I'm, I'm having a good time in our little, our little, uh, our little cantina here during the fall of Rome. It's been a lot of fun. I, I continue. I will continue to come here with a smile on my face every night. Thanks for the call, Albert. It's a great one. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't say, you didn't say congratulations to De Devin and Marissa. Devin and Marissa. What, wait, they got married today? Today. Wow. Today. That means I'm going to have more grandkids here in a, in a little bit, you know? Who gets married on a Wednesday? Them. Congratulations, <laughs> you guys. So, how, so they're not doing okay. Wait, wait, wait. They uh, got married. They got married today, but it's, you know, l let me be real clear. She's been my daughter in law for like 15 years. They just got, you know, permission from the fucking state because she can't get insurance without permission from the fucking I get state. You. I get you. you. You get what I'm saying? Well, I, I I wish them nothing but the best. They sound like a wonderful couple. I hope I get to meet them one day, and uh, and uh, hopefully you, you light off some fireworks for a celebration tonight. There, wow, I didn't think of that. Good call. I love you, brother. Right. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, we'll talk again, I'm sure. Of course. Take care, Albert. That's a wonderful end. The 11th house. What happens after the 11th house? Does it move into deep house? After the 11th house, it's deep house. Yeah. Uh. Let's go deeper. Uh. That was funny, then I don't know. All right. Let's see here. Let's take a uh, call from Poopy. Poopy, what's on your mind? Yo, you hear me? I can hear you, Poopy. What's up? Oh, shit. No, I'm, a lot of things are on my mind, Frank. I'm just, I'm at a party. Can you see my video or no? No, no. Why do you sound so high-pitched? Are you excited? No, I'm not. I, I mean, I am excited, but I'm also at... <laughs> My uh, my boss got like this, put this thing together with for all the workers. So we're at a rooftop right now, just chilling out. And you probably hear the music in the back. That's why I'm high pitched. I don't actually. I don't hear the music at all. It, it cancels it out pretty nicely. But you're on a rooftop party right now. Yeah, I'm with my coworkers right now. Oh. I was trying to get the video through. You you can't get the video through. Yo, no, no, I don't have any video over here right now. But you you know what you got to at least do. You got to take the best shot of the city or whatever kind of best view that you have from the roof you have to email it to quite frankly podcast at gmail.com quickly so i can put it on in the air oh my god dude i was i was literally i have the best shot of this city right now of the skyline of like in midtown and i wanted to put it on video i was trying to get the video through well get, can you can you can you send me a link right now to give you the video of this no what do, what do you mean the best thing you can do 
is if you call in with Skype. Do you have Skype? Yeah. Okay, then call in. Skype. You want me to call in through Skype? Call in with Skype video. Let's see if that works. Let's do it. Okay. See you in a bit. So there you go. Uh, we're going to get a, a live shot from the rooftops in... Live shot from the rooftop, rooftops. Let me see if I can get a... Hold on a second. Full screen of that. Full screen of Skype. May, hopefully that works. We'll see what happens when he calls in. Uh, let me see here. Another one. Let's take a quick one from John from Connecticut. John, what's going on? Hey, I want to say... Everybody gotta get a get get together and back up King because man, he's trying to save us all from this stupid tyranny at work. You're right. You're right. We have to get we have to stand behind him. He's fighting for us all right now. Yeah, and the other thing I gotta say is just you know when are we gonna straighten this crap out? I'm so tired of this move. Don't worry about that, John. There's, no, there's a lot of shit going on out there, but none of it, very little of it, we can straighten out ourselves. It's all about our own personal lives. So just take care of you and your uh, your wife and your, your chickens it's and whatever so, else you have. It's so hard to be hurt right now, right? And uh, not being able to do things and watching all this stuff. And I'm like uh, boiling over, I guess you might say. Yes. But there is so much out there that just ain't getting addressed. I mean, you do a great job, but don't get me wrong. And uh, we just got to stand together somehow. Yeah, whatever. All right. I love you, Frank. Love and uh, prayers for Skip, and I hope he does better. Thank you so right, much. Thank night. you, John. You're, you're a wonderful man. Wonderful man. I love getting calls from him. He always makes me feel happy. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Okay. I got a video. Let me see if I can do this now. And the guest Skype. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I got this. Is that it? Oh, there you are. Okay, so Poopy's on the uh, on the roof. Now, who's That's this? Poopy, who, who's this guy? This is my boy, London. What's going on, London? He said, "What's going on, London?" Hey, what's up, man? So, give us the, give us the view. How are you guys feeling? All right, so here's the view. Check this out. Check this out. Oh. Here, this is the this is the Midtown right now, which is getting getting built. It's in my uh, it's my boss's office. He got the rooftop today, so he threw a little shindig for like for everybody that that works. Where's the hookahs? What? Where's the hookahs? Ah, uh, they didn't let us have the hookahs over here today, bro. I wish we had hookahs. Oh, oh, wait. Give me a give me a view behind you. Not, but but down the street, yeah, behind you. Yeah, that look at that behind you right there. That's Midtown. I think that's like is that Midtown? Times Square or something? Yeah, Times Square. That's I can Times see Square. it. Hey, here, go, go up a little bit. I want to see the tops of the buildings. Oh, it is just gorgeous, and, and you can just tell it's a summer night. Yeah. You can tell it's Absolutely. a summer. It's a different glow in the summertime. It really is. I Definitely love it. Definitely a different glow when the sun goes down. It's like it's fucking beautiful. It really is. It it really is. Well, I, I appreciate this call more than you know, man. Thank you. What? Thank you for this call. I love it. Yeah, man. I love you. All right. Well, do Everybody this. Everybody over here loves you. Good. Tell them all I love them. <laughs> call in more often. Talk to you later. Thank you, London. Yeah, thank you, London. I'll talk to you soon, too, man. He said thank you, London. I'll talk to you soon. All right. There he goes. That, that was a nice sight. That made me feel good inside. That made me feel good inside. Oh, it makes me almost not want to do this Astro now. This Astro uh, update. 
Who the hell needs it? I have a couple of emails here from people, though. We can get to some super chats, and we'll lead into that. Here we go. Karina says, Frank, I need some Frankly's prayers. As I'm having surgery this Friday, I've been waiting 10 months for it, and it finally is here. Feeling nervous and anxious. Karina, wishing you the best. And um, it's going to be quick and safe, effective. Can't wait to hear back from you after Friday. Heal up, rest well. Prayers coming your way. Here you go. Frank, I don't get teary-eyed very often, but listening to your Monday show made it happen. When you talked about your heaven and that it was Aurora sleeping on your wife and then very carefully taking her to the crib, that did it for me. My kids are 9 and 16 now, but I remember those memories fondly. And nothing makes me more happy when I came home from work and they used to run up to me and jump in my arms. They're growing up too fast, and I'm so glad that you're able to recognize that and be there for all those precious memories. A lot of people don't realize and aren't there for those memories and miss out on what really matters. Signed, John. Well, John, I'm telling you, I don't usually get very teary-eyed often as well. I'm sentimental. I always have been. Um, Some movies really get me. I don't get very teary-eyed often either. Or I should say, I didn't used to get very teary-eyed often. But I feel absolutely menopausal after Aurora's birth. Absolutely menopausal. Everything is just so damn precious. And I'm just so already conscious of time flying that I'm I'm not taking anything for granted. And I'm sure you didn't either. So here we are, getting punched in the feels. Just like thousands of years worth of parents before us have. And one day, as it was told to us, they'll understand when they have kids of their own. It was all told to us. Sometimes you roll your eyes. Sometimes you don't pay it any mind. And then all of a sudden, it becomes all you are. Um, I have the Astro thing here. Here's what it says. August 5th to August 6th. Very adverse. Not a good time for socializing. High tension could be a major escalation of the war both inside and outside of the U.S. And I saw, speaking of outside of the U.S., I was looking at Vladimir Putin speak. He met with the media when he went to Iran. And I was watching him speak. I don't know what he did. Some of them had the... uh, Some of them had... Hold on. Well, there he is. He's speaking here. He speaks for like a half hour or something like that. And he's bouncing around. Uh, When he got off of the plane, when he got down to Iran, he literally skipped off of the plane. Skipped. Bouncing down the stairs, just skipped, jumping around. Uh, I mean, people are so desperate to find something terminally wrong with him that they were obsessing over the fact that he was keeping his right arm by his side and immobile. I saw some giving a little bit of insight into that, saying it's old KGB training to be close by your holster at all time because obviously his right hand is just fine it's just fine and uh, and i'll say it again i'll say it again if vladimir putin is sick and dying then joe biden has been dead for years i will say it again and i'll keep saying it makes no sense this is another thing that i thought was interesting and then we'll just finish the rest of the rest of the show by taking calls from the washington examiner Russia engaged in holy war against Army of the Antichrist, Chechen forces commander. Commander of Russia's Chechen forces appeared on Russia's state television to argue that Russia is engaged in a holy war in Ukraine. And um, 
I have to say that Putin sees what Vigano sees. Uh, yeah. An aide to Chechen Republic head Raz, uh, Raz, uh, Ramzan Kadrov and commander of the Akhmat Special Operations Unit in Ukraine, according to TASS, that's the Russian state media. Uh, let's see here. Made his comments to Russia One host Olga Skabayeva. Skabayeva <laughs> on a recent segment found and translated by the Daily Beast columnist Julia Davis, creator of the Russian media moniker. Um, let's see here. He says that he made a number of claims calling upon Muslim Christian unity in a conflict against the Satanic West. Quote, growing up during all my youth, I've been preparing for this war we see today. This is the holy war our saints and our elders spoke of, he began. Everything that we see today, when I was reading Islamic scriptures and Christian scriptures, I studied the Bible, the Quran, and Torah. From all these scriptures, I know that we were facing the war against the devil's army, against the army of al-Dajjal, the Antichrist. Meanwhile, on Russian state TV... The commander of Ramzan Kadrov's Chechen detachment tells state host Olga that Russian forces in Ukraine are fighting a holy war against the LGBT and the Antichrist. He hopes Russia will soon face off with NATO. Quote, all forces and units fighting on the side of Russia is the army, is the army of Jesus. Uh, we are fighting against these forces that impose upon us everything that is unpleasant and disliked by God, everything that is unnatural for a man, he said referring to homosexuality. Underneath this democracy of America, the main enemy of mankind in Europe, the minion of the NATO bloc, which carries within it everything that is satanic. So this is going... The, the, the line in the sand has been drawn a long time ago. And this is the way that it's being articulated. I mean, there's only so many ways to be diplomatic about it, I guess. So that's a little bit of an update there. Let's go into our Super Chats. Let's see here. Boom. All right, Super Chats. Up on, quite frankly, superchat.com. First one up. Combo Nation. Says, Frank, we love and appreciate your hard work on the network. All of your hard work on the network. Praying for you and family. P.S. Halfway done with the uh, Continental Divide Trail. Oh, that's right. That's right. This is our friend that was doing the the trail, the 1,500, 3,000 miles currently in Wyoming. Be strong and of good courage. You too. I can't wait to hear all about that. You remember that call? That was like weeks ago. Larkstar says, Honored to be, quite frankly, TV based balls, tribe nightly. Lord Frank, you rule this kingdom with fun and finesse. Oh, how, how wonderful of you, Lark. Thank you. How wonderful of you. Honored to be, quite frankly, TV based balls, tribe nightly. Based balls. Based balls. Mama Time Lord says all the best people listening to a great show. Thank you. Thank you. 
Silky Johnson is back and says, Frank, you're spot on about those senators. The second you break your oath of office and not properly uh, represent the people, jail or catapult. What do you think of Monday's Better Call Saul? I was not expecting that show. Saul was, uh, I, I was not expecting that's how Saul's uh, was really created. I have not seen it yet. I've not, I have it DVR'd. I'm going to watch it hopefully tonight or tomorrow during lunch. My brother's been asking, did you watch it yet? Haven't watched it yet. But episode 11, or whatever it was, last week's episode, the first one back. Whew. There you have it. There you have it. Okay. On Rockfin, we got some new tips in there. Thank you, Todd Fife. It's great to have you out there, my friend. I don't know what's going on on Rumble tonight. I'm very sorry for everybody who has... Oh, there's 400 people watching there now. But I don't know if we're actually live. Hopefully, it's all different tomorrow. And on Foxhole, we have Empress Bitch to You. Thank you for the cookie. Azure Skies says, wanted to give you a shout-out. Shout-out to give to a man, a dear man, R.I.P., Jim Watkins. Anons will miss you. And no, he wasn't Q. I saw this. Jim Watkins, the guy who pretty much created the Chans, he's Ron Watkins, Code Monkey's father, I believe. He died, and the mainstream media has been saying that the guy who created QAnon is dead. Which is ri ridiculous. But then again, they're not serious people. Tom Ford says, I'll get, I'll get pics of fake meat in dog and cat food aisle tomorrow. <laughs> we, have, we have kicked that snowball down the hill, my friends. I couldn't be happier about it. All right, what else do we have going on? That was a great call from Poopy. I think we all needed that. Here is the Jerky Boys, Frank Rizzo. Let's see. Oh, here's the auto repair shop call. Michelle, how you doing? Is Rob in today? I'm sorry? Rob, who's, who's in there today? Who's in the shop? Uh, Trish. Trish is there. Well, who's in the back? Who's working the, you know, where's the mechanic? Um, how can I help you? Is this the auto body? I'm going to do auto repair. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking for Bob. He did some of the work on my, I got that rack and pinion steering, and the damn thing uh, fell apart. It blew out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Bob, he did some of that uh, rack and pinion steering there. Next thing I know, I'm driving down the road, and the thing comes through the frickin' dashboard and takes off half my chin. I, I, I don't know, he must... Anybody named Bob? Um, well, who, who's back there? Uh, let me see if I can grab Trish. Maybe she can help me. No, not, no it's, I don't need Trish. I just... I'm, look, I'm just saying, can I bring it back in today? What, what, what is your last name? Rizzo, R-I-Z-Z-O. Give me one second, okay? Right. Just one second. This is Trish. How can I help you? Yeah, hiya, honey. Trish, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. I was just telling her about that old rack and pinion there. That, that, that thing popped out of the hood there, came through the dashboard, and uh, caught me in the chin. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty sure it can't pop out of the dashboard. No, well, it didn't. It didn't. It came flying through up on, underneath the hood there and right through the firewall. Caught me right, right in the face. I was just wondering if I could get it back in there, you know, for tomorrow or something like that. You guys could put it back in. Um, I'm not open tomorrow. Ah, oh, geez, you know. Well, what about next week? Uh, you can drop it off Monday if you want. All right, I'll drop it off Monday. I'll have Mikey take a look at it. You know, we got to get it down the road. This thing popped out. Next thing I know, we, we you know, 
I can't have that. You know, it'll fucking hurt somebody. You get a little kid in the front seat and fucking take his head off. You know what I mean? Had we replaced it? Yeah, you put that rack and pinion in there, and next thing I know, it, it's like if I heard a loud noise and then What's fuck... What's your last name? Rizzo. R-I-Z-Z-O. All I have is Ms. Meredith Rizzo. No, Frank. What's the... What's the year making model? That's one of them fucking Toyotas there. It's, it's like a 93 or some shit. It's old, you know, but still, you know, it gets me around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I put it in, though? Well, you didn't put it in. It was one of the guys back there. He put it in, and next thing it must have had too much tension on it. It fucking blew half the fucking car apart. <laughs> okay, I, I'm totally lost here. So your name is Frank Rizzo. Frank. And you have brought in your car, and we replaced the steering rack, and you're telling me that the steering rack came up through the dashboard. Yeah, through the dashboard and into my face, unbeknownst to me. Can you bring it in right now? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great idea, Trish. Let me do that. I'm going to run into you now, and uh, this way you could take a look at my fucking puss, and you, you could see what I'm talking about. I ain't making this shit up. I'll see you in a few minutes, Trish. Okay. All right. It blew the, the, par in the car apart. It just started. The damage got worse and worse as the call went on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he did bump into King years ago and just like, heard King get into a fight with somebody at a deli or something and said, you know what? This is a character I could use. And it became the Jerky Boys. I don't know. It's possible. Everything's possible. All things are possible. Um, I think that's all we have for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. That is just all I have for you. 8.53 p.m. Thank you for the, the, the wonderful wonderful company we will be back again tomorrow night uh tomorrow night we'll be back at seven o'clock rob should be the guest i have some things we can talk about really really good ones and uh fun things to pick apart and and i'll i'll wait for you all then in the meantime go to quite frankly.tv because it's wednesday night it is rabbit hole Wednesday. I don't know what rabbit hole we're going to be dragged into tonight, but get over there right now, quite frankly.tv, jump into the chat room. I'll be jumping in and out as I usually do. Um, sometimes I'm there, you don't even know it, but I'm watching, doing some end of the day work, eating a little bit, and um, it's just my routine. And I'm glad to see everybody having a good time with it. And in the meantime, also, go to quite frankly.tv and hit the sponsor us tab and see what makes sense to you. Either a one-off Drop a little bit of change into the upturned hat of mine through PayPal or something like that. And then you have Subscribestar. you got Quite Frankly TV through the Stripe and all that. Whatever you like to do, become a monthly sponsor so you can start jumping into the unlisted Sunday streams that we do together. And much, much more. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And I will see you tomorrow. Nighty night. Uncle Frank is out. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Combo Nation, Larkstar444, Mama Time Lord, Silky Johnson, Minnesota Cat, Kool-Aid Man, One-Way Mel, Rick from Tulsa. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for this evening. <laughs>